In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. Well, we're finally here. It's the week of the NFL draft. It's where the guy waving his hands, John Harris, makes, uh, I don't want to say you make your money, but you, you, know, <laughs> you make some hay, you get a lot of notoriety. It's kind of your... You know, your favorite time of the year, your your time to shine. And it's our time to chit-chat a little bit about the draft here on In the Lab. But first things first, how you been, man? I've been okay. I've not gone in my cave yet. Yep. So, I mean, I've been in it at various times throughout this whole thing. So, it's been – it's all – I don't know. It's it, it's a process I I enjoy. I enjoy the all of it, Senior Bowl. I missed going to Pro Days this year because it didn't allow – media to be in the building at right. times and so that kind of stunk because I, lo- I love the pro day process i know there's some scouts like uh, pro day this guy can't play that guy can't play why am i going to pro day to see him but i love that process i love everything about it so it all culminates this week and finally it, here's my here's my the only fear that i have drew is the texans make a pick and i'm like I got 500 prospects. I don't, I don't have that guy on my list. What, <laughs> I don't have that guy on my list. Where is he on my list? Um, because if I have a guy rated too low, I'll explain why I have him rated too low. If I have him rated high, that's great. Hey, you know, we got somebody sure. you know, last year. You know, Ross was, I think, in, I had him in the top 20, I think, and he went number 40. And I still think he's got a good future ahead of him. He's got to make some changes. I think this defensive scheme will help him. But, you know, the, probably the best one was Justin Reed. You know, Justin had at number 44. And then he goes at 68. And I remember I got the text from you actually that night. And you were like, it's Justin Reed. And I was like, wait, he hasn't taken yet. And I went and looked and I was like, oh my gosh. And I looked, saw he's at number 44 on my board. And uh, he's been, he's been more than 44, man. He has been really, really good. So it's been, it's fun. So looking forward to it and hope you are as well. We're going to get a chance to do some uh, draft zooms together live, which would be kind of cool. I want to talk now about, uh, one or two of our favorite Houston Texans draft moments. <laughs> and right. cool. For me, there's a clear delineation. So I joined the team in August of 09. So I missed that draft. So the first draft I covered was 2010. And so in 10, 11, 12, and 13, I was in Houston and we would you know, be in the press box for the most of the draft. And then we have the press conferences and whatnot. But then starting in 14, I got to go to the actual NFL draft that year. It was in New York. It was the last year it had been in New York and then 15 and 16, it was in Chicago, which I mean, I still think Chicago has done the best job with the draft. That's my personal favorite. Uh, Philadelphia was really, really cool. I liked that in 17 Mm -hmm. and 18. I did not go because we didn't have a first round pick. First round pick. Yeah. That was in Dallas. And I think that would probably be like, whatever, you know, I've been there, done that. (laughs) <laughs> 19 was fun it was nashville it was titus howard but he wasn't at the draft so yeah i didn't go last year because of covid not going this year because there's no first rounder but um i've always so houston being back doing that i think one of the most fun times i had was actually 12 and that was a year you know they're coming off of the playoff run and the texans yep. were they were Super Bowl contenders. They thought, and everyone thought, hey, you're getting Matt Schaub back to go with this defense. You got a running game. They've got a chance. They, you know, came up short, but they started out like a house of fire, 11 and one before what, you know, we all were, we all know happened. They kind of faltered down the stretch, but that off season, there was so much optimism and it was like, yeah, 
just take the best guy available. You know, there, there are some needs, but can't go wrong. And yeah, you can say that about every year, but you were a pretty stacked team. You thought, and I remember I'd done all the research and I thought, well, it looks like this guy merciless who led the, the, the nation in sacks, <laughs> led the nation in forced fumbles. He could be around at that time. That'd be fun. And there were a few other guys that you looked at. And then when they actually took him, it was pretty exciting because, you know, he had skins on the wall. He'd done it at a high level. I got to meet yeah. him and his family at the airport the next morning and yeah. kind of, you know, document their journey. I shook his hand when he came out of the, the holding area and put the microphone on him and said, welcome to Houston, da, 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 da. It was really cool. It was, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, he's turned out to be a pretty darn good Houston Texan. He's had a nice career, but it was fun being a part of that at the outset and seeing how that all went down. That was my favorite pre going to the draft moment. What, what's been your favorite, you know, Houston Texans wise draft moment since you joined the team? Well, my favorite happened six years before I joined the team. Right. And I say I was, favorite now. I was skirting around I'll, the Dwayne I'll Brown. Tell it. Yeah. No, it's okay. I'll, t- I'll tell it because it, it really has taught me a, a great story. Um, and so, so for people that, you know, before I came to the Texans, I was at a competing radio station in town. We had just started a station called 1560 and we had a, a lot of luminaries. We had Lance Zerline, who's now at NFL.com. He's yep. still over there. John Granada was over there. Sean Pendergast was my first co-host. And Lance and I have been doing a draft for a long, long time together. And I was always, I was always envious, I'll admit it. I was envious of the fact that he got to do the draft live and talk about it live. And I was just like, man. So in 2007, I joined the station. It was like, oh, yo, 2008, we're going to do the draft together. So I am, I am geek. <laughs> so we go to this place called Nick's Place. We're doing it there. We're watching everything unfold in the 2008 draft. And we're just riffing off one another. And Sean's driving and me and Lance are just, you know, Rat tat 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 tat. So it's coming up time for Texas to pick, and I want to say they traded down, if I remember correctly. So they move. I think they moved back. The they Ravens, moved back. Yeah. So now it's amping up a little bit more. Oh yeah, that's right. That was for Joe Flacco. So I'm amped up. Like, what's going to happen? And Lance looks at me and he goes, and he shows me his phone, and it says it's going to be Dwayne Brown. I look at him like, no, because I had seen Dwayne Tribal, and. I was impressed physically, no question. But as I watched him, I'm like, God, I can't, this guy's not a first rounder. Like, I can't believe this. The pick goes up. It's Dwayne. But I'd lose my ever loving, you know what? And because I, because I could, you know, I was, you know, young and dumb and stupid. And I don't know. I think I was 35 at the time. Anyways, 36. I don't know who's counting. Anyways, I just lose it. And I lost it for another couple of days. And it was just, and I remember making the comment. I do remember this distinctly. I was like, you know, Dwayne Brown might go to five Pro Bowls for all I know, but I just don't see a guy that can really step in and play right away and et cetera, et cetera. Well, I think he's gone to five Pro Bowls. <laughs> so the, what makes the story better, I guess, is for me at least, is a couple of years later, as Dwayne is starting to evolve into a player, Lance, messing with me, went to Dwayne Brown at a practice and said, hey, my buddy doesn't like you very much talking about me. And so I'm like, oh, thanks, Lance. And so Dwayne kind of looks at him like, you know, what do you mean? You know, so they start talking. And so Dwayne eventually, so Lance tells a story because essentially after we drafted Dwayne, I had a whole booklet of DVDs. At this time, he had an MP3 or MP4s to watch. Uh-huh. 
So I pull out my DVDs and I find Virginia Tech game. I pop it in. I'd already watched it, but I'm like, I got to see this. So I'm watching the game. I'm getting frustrated watching him. And so Lance tells him like, yeah, during the draft broadcast, he's like pulling up your game. He goes, what game did he have? And he, go, and he goes, well, I think it was the Boston College game. And Dwayne's like, oh, that was a bad one for me. So I felt sort of validated in some sense. <laughs> well, now, since Lance did that, I was like, okay, I got to go talk to Dwayne. So I see him. It's one of the night practices. It's a beautiful night. I walk up to Dwayne. And Dwayne at this time is like 330. He is jacked. And I'm like. Not a, and not a fat 330. No, all muscle. No. He's an athletic specimen. Dude, yeah. Like you, I mean, unbelievable. And so I said, um, I said, hey, Dwayne, I said, I'm, and he had a smile on, on his face. And I said, hey, I'm John Harris from 1560. And all of a sudden, this smile turned to a scowl. And he looks at me and he goes, heard you don't like me very much. And I'm like, oh my God, this guy's about to strangle me. And all of a sudden, I see this sly smile on his face. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, there was a time when I didn't, but you know what? I really like you right now. And from that point forward, it's funny because I learned, I learned a lesson that day. First of all, don't lose your you-know-what on the radio. But I've told Dwayne this, and over the years, Dwayne and I got to be, you know, we got to be friends, and we've talked about that on the air. Like, we've talked about that moment on the air, and he's heard it, <laughs> which I'm like, oh, man. Because what I learned was, A, when you have that sort of athletic ability, and B, you want it. You want it. And see, you've got the desire to go get it. You will. And that's what Dwayne taught me was athletic traits matter, but so does grit, guile, and absolute determination. Because if you put all that together, and and it's funny because I use that same sort of thought process with DK Metcalf. Like everybody's saying, oh, DK's going to fall. DK's going to fall. I'm like, look, well, hold on. He's got athletic skills through the roof. And this dude wants it. He wants to play football. His dad was a pro. This is what he absolutely desires to be. This isn't about money for him. This is about him being the best receiver ever. Those things are going to come together and make him a great player. Ironically, he goes to Seattle where Dwayne is now. Mm-hmm. And Dwayne and I have, have talked about that over the years. And uh, you know, like I said, he's, he's told me he's heard it. And he kind of laughs at it. And I hope one day when he does retire, he can come back to Houston and when we can celebrate him and, I could give him one last, you know, dap up and say I was wrong. And I told him numerous times, I think I see it probably the fourth thing goes with it is, you know, all those things. But the fourth thing, and probably, and I don't know why it's my favorite, but it's like, you know, if you miss, you miss, you know, say it, say you're wrong. And I, I was wrong. I was so dead wrong. He has, and, yeah, he's turned out to be so good. I mean, so a, good. basically so a decade good. with the Texans. He's the yep. greatest offensive lineman in team history. Still pumping it out at a high, high level in, in Seattle. That guy, why wow, still so there's one small there was one small appendix to that story. So I think was it 15 or 16? It was 15. It was 15 when he got hurt. Yeah. So in that game against Jacksonville, he comes out of the locker room and he's on crutches. And I see him after I've done my interviews before the media gets in there. And I see him on crutches and my heart just bled for him, man. I was just like, oh man. I know he wants to be there. I know he wants to be in this playoff game. And I just was like, I walked up to him. I didn't know what to say. And I just was like, man, I'm so sorry, man. Love you, bro. And I just walked away. <laughs> that was all I could, that's all I could say to him. And I think he kind of looked at me like, wait, did he say, like, 
love you, bro. And I was like, yeah, I said it, you know, and he just kind of smiled and kind of waved me off. I didn't know what to say to him. And I just felt so bad for him, but um, he's, he was, uh, he's a great player here and he's been a great player and taught me a lot of lessons. So that's my favorite. Now that I can tell that story, what, yeah. you know, 13 years later at the time, over the next couple of years, as he's turning into a great player, maybe look like somewhat of a fool in some sense, but I mean, hopefully <laughs> we've uh, all been you know, the best person about it was Dwayne Brown. And that, that also tells you a story too, that, you know, somebody could say something bad about you, but you can prove them otherwise and prove them wrong. And that's always a good feeling. So hopefully he feels good that he proved me wrong. <laughs> Indeed. So uh, that's our, our uh, kind of look back at some of the fun stuff. Cause you're going to hear about uh, who might be available for the Texans at 67. There's lots of guys. There's lots of options. Going to be fun to see what Nick Casario does moving down, moving up. Maybe. I don't know. I would think if it's a move up, it's for next year's draft and yeah. uh, maybe capitalizing on some stuff there, but I'm ready. It's exciting. Uh, draft week is here. I know the Texans don't have the first or the second, but I'm still pumped. It's going to be another crop of eight faces to add to the 78 that have come in this off season. So I'm pumped. You. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm ready just to kind of see where everybody ends up. And I think about this a lot during draft time, Drew, is these young players are going through their, you know, going through the paces. And I always, you know, I see a player and I, like I'm looking at, at, uh, you know, my Harris 100 right now. And I'm like, where does Jalen Waddle go? You know, where does he end up? You know, he's a Houston kid. He's from Episcopal. He loves Houston, loved the Texans growing up. Yeah. You know, where does he end up? And then kind of envisioning him in that jersey and then envisioning him in that offense and then it comes to fruition and you're like whoa i didn't see that one at all you know and there's yeah. something you're like yeah you know like right cushing like i for weeks and months i was cushing the texans like i think we all knew it was coming so you kind of foresaw that and then it came to fruition and you're like yeah a to b but then there are some you like don't see coming and you're like yeah yo i did not see that happening at all uh, and that's what kind of makes it fun. It's like unwrapping all the different gifts, 259 of them for NFL teams coming up on Thursday. Indeed. You'll be at it. We're going to be live, you and I, Thursday night as well as Friday night and Saturday morning because we'll yep. have pre-draft shows. It's going to be a good time. And then you'll be on the radio all the way through the draft. So uh, get the throat lozenges, get the honey, consult with Dr. Vandermeer, uh, <laughs> bootleg doctor, yeah. we, as we like to call him. He's got a bootleg MD. Yes. And uh, we'll have a good time, man. It's here. And thank goodness it is. I'll see you. Absolutely.